If it doesn't have anything to do with moving the box from A to B, your intern doesn't need to know. Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2 speed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives. It's Amelia from Salt Lake City. I need some advice. So a new guy started in my office as a temp yesterday. It's just going to be me and him tomorrow working. So my manager basically told me that he can sit with me while I work and I can teach him a few tasks. I've never trained anyone before, so I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not great at explaining things, but I'm going to try to do my best. I've already cleaned up my notes that I've been taking since I started the job to give to him. There's so much information to learn, and I know when I was first training, it was kind of overwhelming. I've been working here for 10 months, and we don't have a manual, so I guess the best thing is for him to just learn while I talk to him, but I don't know what to do necessarily. Do you guys have some tips that would be helpful when it comes to training someone? Amelia, I love this question. I love this question a lot. I have a great oh affinity gosh. for teaching, training, learning, and development. I'm excited for you. <laughs> she literally trained everyone from like employee 70. She was employee 69 to like 7,000. <laughs> Scaled the fuck out of that shit. Only a slight exaggeration. Not not even. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> n- not even. Um, yeah, Amelia, this is... This is actually a bigger opportunity than I think you might realize. Yeah. Um, your ability to teach other people how to do your job, other jobs, any job means that you can level the fuck up. Mm-hmm. My cousins like to make fun of me for always working myself out of a job mm. because I like to teach everyone how to do my job. I, I want to be replaced because as soon as I am replaceable, that means I can move up. I have the freedom to do that. I'm not stuck in one position being the only person who knows how to do a thing. So whether this guy is temp or temp to perm or whatever, use this as an opportunity to like exercise this muscle of training, capture it and level the fuck up. Before we get started, as we do, I'm going to put my nerd glasses on. <laughs> um, I, when I was at, Ooh, I almost sounded British. When I was at university. That sounds amazing. I know. Right. So when I was at university, I'm just going to roll with it. Actually, I worked for a year for the Center for Teaching and Learning. And this is a a function within most universities where they're focused on how to get the teachers to teach better and how to help the students learn better since that's the entire function of a university, turns out. (laughs) So... The, the biggest debate, like the it's hotly contested, it changes every year, like everyone has an opinion on it, is who holds the bulk of the responsibility for learning? Is it the teacher or the learner? In academia, it's, you know, sometimes 10-90, sometimes 50-50, sometimes 60-40, sometimes 40-60, like it depends on the academia wind that's blowing that day. <laughs> but in corporate America, I, I would venture a guess, and all of the Center for Teaching and Learning type people are going to come after me now that they hear this, actually. Like, I would venture a guess that the bulk of the responsibility of learning is on the learner because they're highly incentivized to do so. This guy you're training, this guy, the next guy, all the, all the guys, um, it, it <laughs> steal a word from Holland, it behooves them to learn how to do this because they're getting paid to do it. If they don't figure it out, they might get fired. 
Amelia, what this means for you in a teaching environment in corporate America is your learner is highly incentivized to learn. That simplifies your life. You only need to give them the information required to do their job. So do not overwhelm them with everything you know. Don't feel the need to like word vomit out every part of every story about how we arrived at this is how we moved the box from A to B. My favorite, 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 double favorite. And we're going to go super nerd here for a second. (laughs) Gird your loins. Favorite favorite story of of this is actually Peter Jackson and creating Lord of the Rings movies. I listened to this behind the scenes interview with him and, and he was asked like, how do you take a massive work, an epic tale like Lord of the Rings and distill it down into a format that's digestible in a movie theater. I mean, it turned out to be hours, but you get it. How do you distill that? And he said very clearly, we went through line by line and picked out only the information that affected the primary plot point, which was getting Frodo and the ring to Mordor. That's it. If it did not have a direct impact on Frodo getting the ring to Mordor, we left it out. That means we left out all kinds of things about Sauron. If you've read any of Lord of the Rings, Sauron is this big character who's kind of like, in and around and through the whole storyline. And he kind of like shows up in weird places and you kind of put together the mystery of him by the end. Blah, blah. It's this thing. In the movies, he shows up for like 10 seconds. He's out. Mm. And fans were just horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Jackson was like, the only time Sauron affected Frodo and the ring was the moment that's in the mm. movie. That's it. There's massive, massive, massive pages, hundreds and hundreds of them surrounding a character called Tom Bombadil. He literally has nothing to do with Frodo and the ring other than Frodo happens to like chill with him and then it goes he goes on for like 200 pages about this character and you're just like I don't know what the fuck happened and then all of a sudden Frodo leaves the, the forest that Tom Bombadil like fucks around in and then you're like and now we're back like it's like this little intermission I don't know what's happening but yeah he's like we left Tom Bombadil out like if it does not have to do with Frodo getting the ring to Mordor it's not in the movie Amelia you are Peter Jackson You are trying to take all of the knowledge that you have in your brain about how to do this job and distill it down into just what Frodo, your intern, (laughs) and I will forever now call interns Frodo's in my life. I think that seems right. What Frodo needs to know to get the ring to Mordor. You're basically teaching him what the bare minimum is it takes to get the box from A to B. That's the ring going to Mordor. And just like Peter Jackson, you're going to leave all the Saurans and the Tom Bombadils on the page. We're not going to translate that to the silver screen. He does not need to know that. If he wants to dig into it later, it's there. It's on the shelf. You know what? When he's retired, he can sort that out. Okay. That's, that's where we're at. Yes. <laughs> Amelia. <laughs> well, that's all I have to say about it. Holland. <laughs> if it doesn't have anything to do with moving a box from A to B, your intern doesn't need to know. It might take you all that information to move the box to A to B, but he might not require that much information. So strip down everything you know to just how to move the box from A to B. Not the why, not the who, not the what, just the how to get it done. And like later, fill in the fill in the color as needed. Yeah, as needed. I really like that. There, there are there may be a time that comes when that intern, that temp, that whoever wants or needs to know more information. And until that point, you let him do his thing. Yeah, absolutely. He'll come to you with questions or he won't. There will be a change in the process that requires more information or there won't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's it. He might not ever need to know everything that happened, all the Tom Bombadils (laughs) and the Saurons (laughs) that led to this point. Is that right, Vanessa? Yes, no, that's accurate. Cool. (laughs) Welcome into Nerdland. Yeah, we're here now. You can go back to safe ground now. Yes, thanks. (laughs) As a professional trainer, Mm -hmm. I will just add a little caveat for you here. 
as you get better at training, if this is something that you find an infinity for, if this is something that your company needs, if this is something that you want to get better at, there is a way to train that does allow for relevant context to be included as part of your training process. Not everyone needs that. Not everyone appreciates it. But there is a way to do that. And the way to do that is to strip down what's necessary in the contextual arena and only include that in your training. And the way I like to think about it is a big funnel. So at the top, you give relevant. She's got her arms all the way above her head and all the way way out. (laughs) There's sunrise salutations happening. I don't know. It's fine. I'm excited Um, for video so I don't have to describe this to people. (laughs) Just go look at it on YouTube. Just look. I think of it like a funnel where at the top is all the relevant context, probably less than you think it is, but it is only the necessary and relevant context, which brings us down to the how, why, what, where, who of what we're doing, the box, the A, and the B. At the end of the day, the base of the funnel is tiny. That's the box. But I will tell you, I appreciate like your approach to training because I require the entire context. I require the entire machine. I require you to prove to me that the box even exists. I I refuse to move until I understand how everything goes. And I don't care if like my job is the tiniest little like you need to tighten that screw a quarter of an inch. I I will not budge. I cannot budge. And I've been this way since second grade Um, (laughs) before I understand how it all works together. Amelia, if you can provide your trainees with the relevant context that empowers them to think better on your behalf, on behalf of the project, on behalf of the team, the department, the company, and so forth. Yes, we need the box moved, but if there's a better, faster, different, bigger box, smaller box, like any number of options that that specific or general context given to your trainee can understand that will allow them and empower them to make suggestions, improvements, that's good for everybody. So yes, for your first time training, get the box from A to B. Frodo in the ring, strip it down to that. But for anyone else who's in this position or wanting to level up in this arena, give the relevant context and watch your trainees blossom. I know, so cute. (laughs) Or if they're like Vanessa, they won't do it without this information. (laughs) If you want the box moved from A to B, you're going to have to tell me all the things. And that, that comes down to like learning styles. Everyone's different. They're coming with different experience, different baggage, different hindrances even and like as a trainer that becomes part of your responsibility to like listen to what they're saying or like how they're asking questions or like listen to their timidity around asking questions like are they unsure about how to move next are they unsure about why they're moving next are they unsure about who they're moving next to and then answer that question and like resolve that for them right instead of launching this massive word vomit about all the things you know about how you arrived at just the answer they're looking for right and that's why I love Holland's approach of like the big funnel down to the little thing is like understanding just the relevant piece of information all the way down to like this is what it requires for you to move the box and then she just like I don't know does this magic thing where she like (laughs) will not let you leave her sight until you understand exactly (laughs) what you're doing and how to do it and then she's like go forth carry on it's incredible to watch Thank you. Um, And I love what you said about paying attention to your trainees and what questions they're asking and how they're learning because adapting to your learners can look different whether you're training on a one-on-one basis or if you're training at scale. If you're training on a one-on-one basis, you can cater your teaching to that person in exactly the ways that Vanessa described. If you're training at scale, if all of a sudden you're responsible for the learning and development of an entire department, hundreds of people, people being onboarded every week, what that means for you is that you have to give that information at the top 
in different ways. So whereas you might feel most comfortable teaching by writing a standard operating procedure, you also have to supplement that with a video explanation and visuals and hands-on training opportunities and practical exercises for them to practice the skill, right? And you have to provide all of those things up front, up top. Learning and development people know this. You're constantly providing the information in all these different types of ways, plus all the ones I'm sure I didn't mention, right? Like that's your job at scale. So understand how those questions are coming in might impact this training when it's not just the one-to-one. Yeah. Like right now, Amelia, he's going to sit at your elbow and like watch you do things and ask you questions. But like, if you would like to level this up, you're going to have to figure out a way to like pre-identify those questions, anticipate them, answer them, and be able to distribute it in like multiple formats. Cause like I, I'm one of those people that I can watch a video and I can listen to it and I can read it. I'll absorb all of that, but I'll have to like fuck around a little bit and Uh I will probably break it a few times. And once I've fucked around a bit, I'm like, oh, then I go back and read the thing. And then I'm like, okay, I now understand the context for which that SOP was written. I can do that. It's wild. It's and it's the process that I've like developed over time and it sucks because it takes me like (laughs) consuming this like six different times and then kind of effing it up and then really doing it. But I'm like, okay, I get it. I, on the other hand, thrive in a written context. Like I want steps, I want words, I want sentences. There's split screens involved and she just goes one to two to three to four. I've watched it. It's incredible. We've got it. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly why if you're training at scale, you've got to offer up this information in lots of different ways. Now that you've got all that, Amelia. It was a lot. Sorry. Sorry. We took a tour through Middle Earth in the middle of that. I'm very, I'm going to apologize up front. Um, After the break, we're going to teach you how to get a raise through this process. Yes. Like, why are we here? To get more money. And if you're being asked to do something outside your job description, you should be getting paid for it. Welcome to the elasticity clause. You're going to do this one training for free and then you're getting paid for all the rest of them. This episode of Ask Your Workwife is made possible by Up and Running Design. Whoop, whoop. Okay, Vanessa. (laughs) Up and Running Design is where I... Make websites that move your bottom line. Your top line. All the lines. They all need to be going up. And (laughs) where you start with that isn't a website. It actually isn't. Okay, talk to me. Look, websites are great, but not every business needs one right at the start. And I think it's important that you make a web presence decision based on the needs of your business. Amen. So come to me if you know you need a website or if you're not sure Mm -hmm. and we can talk about it. I'm not going to sell you a website if you don't need a website. I I will say like, I want your business to get to a place where you do need a website. There does come a point in time of maturity for a business that you do need a website. If you're already there, great. Come to me. We can take you to the next level. Something that I really am intentional about with my clients is making sure that their website will suit their needs now, in two years from now, and in five years from now. We don't have to make it do all the shit it needs to do in five years, but let's make sure that we choose the right platform, the right tools, um, and set up the structure so that your website will accommodate your business's growth over time rather than having to like revisit this website presence thing over and over again. Absolutely. You did that with mine. You did it with a couple of our shared clients and it really causes the client to pause. It did this for me and say like, oh, where do I want this to be in five and 10 years? Like you yeah, don't have to have exactly. the whole business plan out, but like I am notorious for having an idea of buying a domain. <laughs> Just look at her me. Google <laughs> domain cart right now. <laughs> you can make a shit ton of money off of me if I did, if you didn't ask this question of like, what do you need it to be in 10 years? And it, it forced me to think like, oh God, dude, I don't even know yet. I guess it gets to sit as a domain for a little bit longer until I'm ready to really get up and running. So if you need a website, 
to get your business up and running, reach out at upandrunning.design. Okay, now that we're back, I have a snack and we're going to talk about some money. Amelia, you're doing this work once. You're doing it for the intern. You're doing it this week. In fact, I would argue you've already done it because you already took the notes and you've already produced the materials that you need to train this person. This is actually now the second time you're doing this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, totally. So you know what? Take those notes, grab some screenshots while you're walking this trainee through and then package it and send it to your manager. Include recordings of the trainings, put a little logo of your company at the top of the document. That's right. Make it pretty, right? Put it all in the same folder. And then when you save that thing, you name it, all caps, draft, training manual, and then your name. So that as you pass it around the company and ask for feedback, everyone knows who the fuck wrote it. That means everyone in the company suddenly knows that you not only taught someone how to do it, you know how to capture that, you know how to do it at scale. Amelia, you said your company doesn't have a training manual. Guess what? You just made a training manual. Congratulations. Everyone in the C-suite appreciates you because now you've saved them money. They no longer have to do one-on-one training. They can hand someone your training document, let them read it, and then they've saved themselves your salary times however many hours it took you to do that. On top of that, it shows that you're a team player. You're looking out for the company. You didn't have to do this work. You were willing to go above and beyond. Guess what? I think we should reward her for that. That's called a raise. (laughs) That's what we want for you. The other fun thing you can do is send it out to your coworkers. And you just ask them like, hey, you know, my manager asked me to train this new guy. In the course of that, I kind of put together my notes. Could you take a look at this and see if I've missed anything? Add anything to it, whatever, whatever, right? And now you're showing your manager that you work cross-functionally really well. This is like leveling all the way the fuck up your team player Ness. <laughs> That's not a technical term. It will eventually come back around that like, oh, you, you did this, right? You're willing to lead a team. Yes. You're willing to be collaborative. You're willing to take charge. You're willing to do, again, above and beyond all of those things are great for you, Amelia. Do you want to be the next director of learning development? What does it pay? <laughs> Amelia, for now, give your trainee exactly what he needs to do the job. Nothing more, nothing less. Frodo, ring, Mordor. Done. And when you're ready to level up, scale. Got a question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. I will just add a little caveat for you here. Right? That's what I want to do? Yep. That's exactly where you should go. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And all I'm going to do is like support you by saying, okay, cool. I work this way. I need to know all the shit before I start or I will not. Yeah, I, okay. I refuse to even recognize the box at A. I'm like, <laughs> I don't believe in it, actually. I need <laughs> proof that it exists. <laughs> and we're going to have some conversation about history. Plato and the cave and the chair. <laughs> and the shadows and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what is reality? We're in an existential crisis it's all of a sudden. Part for the course. <laughs> it's after 4 p.m. on a Saturday. I have no guarantees. <laughs> what is art? Is art the chair? Is art the painting of the chair? Is, <laughs> I don't know.